0: Hi everyone and welcome to Play Crush. It's Joe Murphy here. Today we have an extraordinary guest on the show, the brilliant Tunica Craig. Tunica is an award-winning director. Her credits include Crave at Chichester Festival Theatre, Hamlet for Young Audiences, National Theatre, Cinderella at Lyric Hammersmith, *Vasa* at the Almeida Theatre, The Colour Purple, Leicester Curve, Birmingham Hippodrome, Random Generations at Chichester Festival Theatre, I Call My Brothers, Gate Theatre, and Dirty Butterfly at the Young Vic. Her assistant directing includes *Wonderland*, Dotland, National Theatre, Hamlet and All's Well That Ends Well, Royal Shakespeare Company and The Changeling, at Young Vic Theatre. Tinica trained at Lambda and in 2014 received the Genesis Future Director Award. In 2015-16, Tynika was the Gates Associate Director and she's currently on a, an Artistic Associate at the Lyric Hammersmith. She has also just been announced as the Old Vic Bayliss director, a post I was lucky enough to hold and I am so excited to see the amazing things Tunica will do with that brilliant theatre. It was an amazing chance to sit down and talk to her about all things about life and theatre and I was blown away by her insight, her humour and her deep humanity that she brings to her work. Tunica's Play Crush was Random by the unparalleled Debbie Tucker-Green an urgent play about the senseless killing of a black schoolboy from one of the most distinctive voices in contemporary British playwriting. Debbie Tucker Green's play Random was first performed at the Royal Court Jerwood Theatre downstairs in March 2008, directed by Sasha Wares and performed by Nadine Marshall. A television adaptation for Channel 4, directed by Debbie uh, and starring Nadine Marshall alongside an expanded cast, was first broadcast in August 2011. It went on to win a BAFTA for Best Single Drama. It's absolutely amazing and it is available on all four. So the play. A young black woman starts telling us about her day. She speaks in a continuous present tense. The alarm clock goes. She tries to ignore it. She goes downstairs Her parents are nagging her younger brother that he'll be late for school. He leaves in a rush. The parents grumble. She gets ready for work. Then the police are at the door. The boy's been killed in a random knife attack and their world implodes. Written with a vivid immediacy that captures the wonderfully observed idiosyncrasies of an ordinary family, starting what they think is an ordinary day, Random is another provocative tour de force from Britain's leading black female playwright and just one of Britain's leading playwrights. It had its original premiere, as stated, at the Royal Court, where Debbie Tucker-Green's controversial Stoning Mary had already been seen. It provides a sensational role for a solo actress. The play is a moving drama, an urgent wake-up call to anyone who considers carrying a knife. Thank you again to everyone for listening to the podcast and supporting Sherman Theatre and the Vic. It absolutely means so much to us. And now, without further ado, here is Tunica Craig with Random by Debbie Tucker-Green. Hello, Tinika. How are you doing? I'm
1: all right. How are you?
0: I'm very good. Thank you. I'm very good. Um, I'm suffering from hay fever. But other than that, I'm feeling strong. I'm feeling I'm very sorry. strong.
1: That is, that is sad um, to hear.
0: Thanks, <laughs> I appreciate your <laughs> commiserations. That means a lot <laughs> to me. Thank you. Um, it's very serious. Yeah. Um, uh, and I really quick. thought I'd skipped it this year. Well, it's 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 irritating at best, but I really thought I'd skipped it this year. uh But no, it's come for yeah. me. It's come for oh, me. I'm sorry. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, nightmare. But how have you been? How's how's the year going?
1: Yeah, you know, I mean, I'm kind of I'm kind of pandemic fine. I think. Best <laughs> like way to put it. Like, like nobody's actually fine, but actually in the grand scheme of it, I'm quite I'm kind of fine. um yeah, I'm all right. I'm sort of I, I I've got a, I've got a disposition that is actually really well suited to lockdowns. I think, um, so I'm sort of really really excited to like have the world back, and also a bit like, oh. Do you remember Lockdown One? <laughs> like
0: it's, it's a bit Lockdown One <laughs> as if it's season one when it that was it was yeah, really good exactly. in season one.
1: Which, you know, speaks to a, a huge amount of privilege and luck and circumstance that I was able to enjoy that lockdown, but I really, really enjoyed it. Um so part of me is a bit like, oh whatever. What a crazy adventure to be, but I, I kind of, I, I hate it now. Everyone, everyone
0: it now. <laughs> yeah. By season three, it, it's yeah, gone. Yeah, the yeah, show has like really failed. Really, really went
1: really like lost it's, its way. It's the nightmare. Season three. Got new I writers. What you mean by dis-
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. They got, they fired the original writer. It's a writer's room now. It's just <laughs> yeah. awful. It's and just like plots you'd never believe. It. Like yeah. the prime minister lies too much. There's no way that would be real.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah, it just feels unrealistic. Yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> 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 and what by disposition that's good for lockdown mm. what, what what do you mean by that what what what, what, what do you think is the mindset um, that, that helped you through that
1: I think it was a combination of um being like naturally like more in, more introverted than extroverted though not not so introverted that I mean I, there were some people who were like this is my dream and it definitely wasn't like that but like I'm quite happy in my <laughs> own company I'm quite happy in my own company I'm like Fairly socially awkward, um, and like a bit anxious. So actually, like not having to do that at first was kind of novel. When it started dragging on, I just started really missing people. But at first, I quite liked that. And then, if there's one thing that I'll say for myself, is that I've got a really good capacity for taking up random hobbies. So I, thought, like, I was just like, it's fine. Like, just before we went to lockdown, where it looked like we were going to go into lockdown, I ordered like loads of knitting supplies. I'm currently knitting. And I ordered like, and I taught myself to embroider and I like embroidered every t shirt in the house. And then I like got really into bread making and then I bought some roller skates. And then I got really into that. But like, every day we got, I got <laughs> sewing machine and like I ordered the sewing machine, the sewing machine turned up and like, and it's a brilliant, I made I made an apron, I cut out loads of patterns, I started making a pair of dungarees. I was like, literally, and like my poor partner, my partner was a teacher, so he was working, he, he works in a special needs school, so he wasn't, he was teaching in real life. Um, and he would come home and I'd just be like, I'm into decoupage now, that's who I am. And whole, like, some nonsense. So like, I, I basically I, I, I'm very good at occupying myself with like useless nonsense. Um, <laughs> and getting, like, me, like, being like yeah look I made this incredible thing for no reason like yeah I do that <laughs> so actually like the time the time I was I basically could fill the void very well it made me think if I had been like a fancy heiress or a woman who had married very rich <laughs> that, like I actually would have been fine I could have done that you'd like, have smashed you know I mean?
0: it you'd have absolutely smashed it
1: You it. I wouldn't be like oh I'm so listless I'd just be like look at my model trains or something like <laughs>
0: <laughs> it about decoupage is my life that's just the truth yeah. now yeah yeah yeah. that's completely, who I am completely. now
1: yeah
0: and um of course you have uh just been announced as the new Bayless director for the Old Vic who obviously Thank makes you. this podcast with us which is really really exciting <laughs> um and talking about text and making theatre I suppose mm-hmm. that will be your next adventure will it or is there something yeah. in between that?
1: Um, there's, there, there are two things in between, which is kind of insane. Oh, they're both, amazing. um, they're both, they're both, um, they're both transfers from 2020, as in things that would have happened in 2020, but didn't. Right. So, kind of, transplants from 2020, um, <laughs> but nothing new. So I'm adding nothing new apart from, so I'm going to go to the old Vic. And, Absolutely like, amazing. Be an old Vic person, which is kind of nuts. It's kind yeah, of nuts. I mean I worked in London that much as well. So it feels quite, um, feels really exciting and like yeah I'm very I'm very excited I'm very nervous I'm like my, my brain has like gone went from like elation <laughs> to bricking it quite quickly <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's like, definitely oh,
1: God, that's so cool thank you so much and then put the phone down I was like oh no now I've got to <laughs> <laughs> talk many uh... things. but I'm, I'm trying to work on that Working uh, so,
0: that. I mean, in this business, I feel like the uh, best bit is yeah, mm-hmm. between when you get told you've got the job and when you put the phone down, it's like joy. Yeah, and oh, then wow. after that is hell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then it's like oh
1: well, wait 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 wait. So you mean to tell me <laughs> that people are watch it, watch it with their eyes? Oh well,
0: god, <laughs> I don't want to do that. <laughs> Not into it. I'm out, guys. Thanks for the offer, but I'm gone. I'm gone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's it's called the Bayless director's position isn't it which is um a, 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 an amazing thing that Matthew Watches um, who runs the Ovic and has been a guest on this show before um mm-hmm. this idea of him paying it forward um because he was i think when he was at um what is now the Leeds playhouse um Uh, when he was back there when he was younger sort of got given a chance where the then artist director to a young Matthew was just like step up his what here's some main stage shows just kind of step up become that director um and I think he found that a really moving moment and he's always wanted to pay that forward and so I did it I can't even remember, remember when now like 2016 2017 maybe um and when I did it, you got a show, and that was the sort of central point of the year. Is that the same now? Is that how it works?
1: Yeah, yeah, that's still the same thing. So you're you're involved in the old Vic in all sorts of ways for the year. So education and development and programming and literary and all the all the other ways that you are involved in a, in a theatre as a creative brain. And then you get a show. You get to do a show <laughs> on near towards the end of the year, which is kind of nuts because like. it's it's like they go oh would you like to be involved in the in the in the in the old vic and the way it's run and it's programming and you're like yeah that sounds really cool thank you so much they're like great all you have to do is direct to play at the old vic (laughs) that's also great i will i will also do that until you get off the phone and you're like oh no shit (laughs) Um, i think also because like i think because i've like most of my most of my career so far has been outside of london um the work I've made has been outside of London not all of it but a lot of it um and most of it and my um I'm from London and so my family were in London and also just most of most of my friends live in the sea um and what I've really liked about making shows outside of London is like the only people who are going to come and see it are either people who love and respect you so much that regardless of what the show is like they're just going to rate you forever because they're like (laughs) they love you and like like, because they're your mom or whatever Um, or it's people that you've explicitly invited because you think that they would like the show because they're your friend or because they're an artistic director or because they're whatever um so you basically have some sense of like who's going to watch it (laughs) when you have a show in london which has only happened to me once before you have a show in london and people are just like oh my god I just saw you doing it. I'll just go. People just go. You can't, without your consent, just turn up. (laughs) And I find that really like, I mean, obviously, obviously that's, I have this like weird, maybe it's not weird at all. Maybe lots of people feel like this, but I mean, we'll find out. But I feel like there's part of me that's always shocked that you can't control who watches your work. (laughs) i'm always just like oh, i feel like they should be asking permission or something. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so a london show always falls me with a certain amount of trepidation because i'm just like oh what people are just gonna go willy nilly of their own accord <laughs> <laughs> um and that freaks me out but that's that's probably one for my therapist joe so I'll, I'll work that out there yeah
0: i think maybe some sort of gate system where <laughs> yeah, you just like, build a little <laughs> barricade out the front of the show and just yeah, let yeah people you fly. You
1: yeah, yeah. Like the least really accessible beer in the world, where
0: you have to apply to the director to watch. Yeah, it. yeah exactly. <laughs> I think in the kind of modern world where you know everyone's, everyone's trying to open up and be more accessible. That just sounds really yeah, exactly. right to
1: I'm me. Like, oh,
0: we're against the grain. <laughs> yeah, we're we're going opposite.
1: <laughs>
0: and, um, um, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's it's incredible. I mean, first of all, just huge congratulations. Um, can't wait to see what you do there. It's just so <laughs> thrilling and. I guess I'm also curious about what it is about the old Vic that excites you and, mm. and that idea is exactly, that, as you said, so beautifully becoming part you know, part of the creative brain of the organization and, yeah. and what is it about that building or what they're trying to do there, I suppose, that mm. like connects with you or, or makes it feel like that's the place to be.
1: Yeah. I think, I think for me, it's, it's, a, it's a few things. I think the first thing for me is that like, whenever I've spoken to Matthew about, sort of how he feels about the old Vic and, and what it ought to be and how it ought to function, I'm always really struck by how much he cares about, um, like, just entertainment mm. um, and providing. I'm really invested in the providing of a good night out. Mm. Um, like, that's quite an important tenet, I think, of, of why I make theatre. Um, and that's not to say I want to make really shallow theatre that means nothing but fun. <laughs> um, although sometimes that's great. Um, but I suppose what I mean is that I, I like the idea that I like the idea that theatre is a thing that you do of an evening, and that mm. you attend this thing, and it's an event, and um, and not necessarily like a sort of fancy schmancy event, but like it's a it's a um, it's a moment where you can mm. um, enjoy or experience. And I like the idea of giving people a good night out. I think that's important. Um, and within that good night out, you also might be able to like change lives or minds or just kind of perceptions in big or small ways. Um, and you might be able to get political and you might be able to get serious and you might be able to get emotional. And all those things can come under that good night out heading in my head. But I, I really like the idea that that's something that that Matthew's also really invested in that mm-hmm. feels important. Um, so that's, I think, the sort of like, in terms of like why I make theatre, I think that's mm. partly what I'm interested in. Um, and then I also just feel like it's a really beautiful space. Like it's just mm. a really gorgeous, like it's, it's, it's gorgeous to look at, But also, like, just it's it's an amazing space because I I stood on it for the first time a couple of weeks ago, and it was what I was struck by was like how big and grand it feels, but also how kind of close everybody is to the stage. Yeah,
0: yeah,
1: yeah. Like you're not that far away, and like if you're sat on the front, if you're sat right at the back, you're not that you you can if you're on stage, you can kind of reach them. Do you know what I mean? Mm. It's not like Mm. it's not like this sort of kind of theater that kind of runs away from you. or kind of like cascades back and you can't quite get to people at the top or the people at the top are getting a very different thing to people at the front um but actually in the old Vic it's somehow it's so it feels very big and actually it feels very big and quite small at the same time and that feels really exciting in terms of what that does to you as an audience member and the kind of work that you can do there because it can feel epic and intimate at the same time and that's that's rare so did, do you like just the kind of geography of the thing the architecture of the thing
0: mm-hmm.
1: feels really cool to me and then also I think you know like the commitment the Old Vic has to working with young people and working in education is something that I, I do that anyway. Like I I work, I work with lots of youth theatres. I work with young people all the time. I really like mentoring. Like that stuff is like, I like that stuff. It gets me going. So it feels like a really cool, it's just really cool. It's really cool. It's just like, like, oh cool. All these things really match up. But yeah, I think it's like they're making theatre for a reason that I think is a good reason to make theatre in a really gorgeous building for people who are young and exciting and developing and like that feels like a good combo in my head i'm up for it i'm really up for it
0: sounds like an amazing combo That uh, sounds <laughs> absolutely brilliant and absolutely perfect for that building you know i just think you're going to be amazing and oh, that's um so
1: exciting i hope so
0: oh yeah definitely and i think you'll fit really well and also shake things up in a really pleasing yeah.
1: way well i hope i manage to do
0: both those things so maybe we could just wind back a bit and just kind of talk about like what what's brought you to this point like, where did this start how did you get into theatre like what, what's that pathway because one of the greatest things about this show has been hearing people's pathways and how there really isn't one pathway into this there's so many yeah. different yeah. ways which feels like a really positive message at the moment I think to sort of say like you know anybody can do this from anywhere yeah,
1: yeah totally and, totally.
0: um, so yeah it'd just be interesting to hear like how, how did this all start for you
1: yeah how did I end up here yes <laughs> um, yeah I mean it's, it's a weird one because in, in some ways I, I was speaking to my aunt yesterday and she reminded me of something that makes it seem like it was always meant to be but it didn't always feel like that but I am um, so I'm the I'm the oldest of three children um and we're quite close in age we're sort of two years apart um each and I used to make my siblings put on shows all the time <laughs> And I would like demand. I would like we're doing a show, <laughs> and I would like just like choreograph to like whatever. I, it was probably just like you know whatever Disney film I was enjoying. I would make them enact it out.
0: I mean, how old know? are we talking here? Like when did so, like, we're
1: talking like me? We're talking like I'm six. My sister's four. And my brother's two. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? like, <laughs> it's early. Like, it's early. From there, and then you know, and then like way, way up into like you know, I think. Probably, like, I mean, I suspect I directed my last family show when I was about 12, 12, 10 10 and 8, still at it. Um, And I would, like, think of, like, costumes or, like, you know, make us, like, sing certain songs. Like, me and my sister would, like, put on a dance routine. Um, And I would, like, make my mum or whoever else is in the house, like, the show is in 10 minutes. You've got to be ready to watch it. And my poor mum would have to come <laughs> and sit and watch. Although I did, I'd stand by this really great show. And I'm maybe one day making a show. I got a, like a sort of sheer neck curtain. And I put it over my brother's head. He must have been about five at this point. Put it over my brother's head. And then I tied it around his neck with like a woolly scarf. So he looked like a sort of ghostly snowman. Oh, nice! And then I made him sing I'm a snowman to the tune of I'm a soul man. <laughs> <laughs> With him being like I'm a snowman, and then my sister be like um, which you know, but also like why, like why did a nine year old know that song? Is is, an, is another question for another time. Um, but actually, you know, I'm still I'm still quite proud of that. I, still, I still think that's quite funny and would do well in a panto or some such. Um, it's
0: visionary, but, uh, is what is what it sounds like to me. Yeah, yeah ahead, ahead of your, of your time.
1: time. This poor this poor five year old who doesn't know the song apart from it being taught to him by a nine year old having to like do this routine on his own. Cause that's the other thing I would make them do like, they'd have like little kind of like follies each. Like, like I would sort of set the whole thing up and then they'd have to do little acts. Oh, this um, is brilliant.
0: I mean, th- that sounds like know. something you sort of see <laughs> at the Shaobuna, you know, like you've sort of
1: it- <laughs> nailed
0: European theatre aesthetic just straight away.
1: Yeah. This is it. it. This is very strong. Yeah. Um So that's, so that was in me anyway. And my right. aunt out me the other day and I was like, Oh yeah. like maybe it was meant to be but on a <laughs> more practical level. Um, I'm from London. I grew up in Brixton and I think that that meant that I have that slight slight London kid thing of like, I've got the whole world at my feet. I live in the greatest city in the world thing that (laughs) for me translated into um, a kind of like the arts. I love the arts. I live near the arts. Every time I go to school, I see posters for things kind of brain. So I was quite invested in the idea of it. And I think I grew up in an environment that was like, I I sometimes don't really know how I turned out the way I did, because I think a lot of people who had my background felt, and quite rightly because the industry is really elitist, felt like theatre wasn't really for them or like they felt quite cut out from it. And I don't know what it was about me apart from a heavy dose of being quite obnoxious, I suspect. Or is a nicer way of doing it. I think I always just like I could do that, um, which is weird. Because now I'm very kind of like you know I get told off for not being confident enough all the time. But as a child, I was very just like front footed, and who knows what happened. Like I grew up with very little in the way of kind of financial privilege. We grew up on benefits and a council house, a sort of very kind of classic '90s Brixton vibe. But I also grew up very kind of culturally privileged. Like my mum just really loved. She, like, loved, mu- like, musicals and, like, movie musicals and, like, that whole world. So, like, she would sort of find ways of getting us, like, scholarships to things and free access to free things. And this is the 90s, so also I was, like, very much the beneficiary of, like, a lot of, there were a lot of schemes around, mm-hmm. if you were. If you were a kind of like kid in the 90s a lot of artistic things and like chance to dance and like centre of young musicians and all these things you could do for free if you didn't have the money um and my mum was just absolutely incredible at getting we, should, we just she just got us all on all of them so i sort of had this slight dual existence in some ways of like living this like very kind of cult like just i had a lot of cultural capital as a child somehow I think it's important to say that because otherwise I think it sounds like I'm like, I came from nothing and I kind of didn't actually. I was, <laughs> do you know what I mean? But do you know what I mean? I think it's important to say if we're, ta- if we're talking about like avenues in and pathways in and access and privilege and privilege in all its forms and capital, I had like no money, but I did do ballet and play loads of instruments and mm. like I was always in, I was in youth clubs and they'd take us to the theatre and I think it's important to say that because otherwise I feel like I'm Pretending that I just came up from the streets and walked into a theater, and there are people who did that, and I think that's more impressive than my path because <laughs> I used to go to a dance class. Do you know what I mean? Um, I think it's important to say that. I think it's important to come clean. <laughs> no. Some kind of confession, um, you No, know I mean, because otherwise, I think if you otherwise, if you look at me on paper, I look like I just like I just I'm like this diamond in the rough, and I don't think that's true. We d- <laughs> we didn't ever go to the theater actually. That wasn't really a part of our um, lives, except that my birthday is four days before Christmas, and we oh, would nice. go see a musical for my birthday slash family Christmas treat. So my mum would like pack me and my sister, and my brother off and we go and see something. Um, and on my sixth birthday, the year is 1992. I'm watching Blood <laughs> Kicking. And um, I, I don't know if there's an equivalent of this anymore, but um, the cast of Starlight Express were doing like this random promo for the show. And I was just like, what is this? we're going <laughs> like i want to see this i want to see it. i want to see that the and then i would see a poster for it and be like that's the thing from live and kicking what it-? i don't think i really knew what it was but this like these people were on roller skates and they were singing and dancing at the same time and it was nuts and yeah, I and they're
0: trains to- so you're like this is yeah, the greatest yeah, they're thing i they're have ever
1: seen they're trains do you know what i mean and i was yeah. like i want to be part of this in some way or other what is it is that a thing i can do can we watch this in real life um <laughs> and so for my sixth birthday we went to starlight express and um there's a bit where Electra, the electric train, nice. comes out of the floor. It's an imaginative it's all,
0: name. Like, it's an imaginative name. Yeah,
1: right. totally. And like he comes out the floor. It's a bit weird show because he's the baddie, which doesn't make sense because like he's the renewable energy. But anyway, he comes <laughs> out of the floor, and you're meant to root for the steam train. Anyway, he comes out of the floor, and there's like hydraulics going nuts, and the music was like. I now know that what was what was making me all kind of giddy about it was it's in seven eight so it was like one two three four five six seven one two three four and there was something really kind of like off kilter and like destabilizing about that he's coming out the floor there's like hydraulics everywhere and I do just remember having the thought like this tiny child sitting in this huge theater and I just had the thought like I just I'm gonna I need to be involved in this in some way and I kind of don't really care how like the way that I'm feeling right now I want to feel like this all the time and make other people feel like this all the time and somehow like like i want to eat it i want to eat starlight express and, <laughs> <makeup>. <laughs> <laughs> and then like so that was my birthday treat and then for christmas four days later my mom gave me the cassette of the soundtrack
0: oh man
1: and then that was me that was me i was interested in theater that's how i got into it um how did i get into it in a more practical way i um i was in a youth club um And I was also in the youth theatre that the National Theatre used to have, which again is like big London privilege because the National was probably, actually probably the old Vic because the closest theatre to my house. And then the National's not that far away from that, which is kind of insane. You know, that's a privilege in itself. But that's your local, Um, that's your local gaff. Yeah, yeah. it's like a 20 minute cycle from Brixton. Like it's really, close. so, and again, I sort of like, I knew that I wanted to be involved in theatre somehow. And I think when you're that age, you just think you're going to be an actor because Mm. that's the kind of, only thing you can really see um and also because if you're 14 you can't very well just walk into your school and be like I'm gonna I'm gonna take over here and direct this (laughs) (laughs) you don't have to be in it um and so again I was sort of still kind of circling around what that might be and I thought for a while I might want to be a playwright because all these playwrights would turn up and they always seem really cool and really assured and they'd made this thing and I thought that was really amazing Um, so I sort of thought I wanted to be a playwright for a bit and I would write terrible plays and I got a place at the Royal Court Young Writers Programme Again, just very, just imagine, just very front footed, very obnoxious, very extracurricular. Um, <laughs> so I did this, I did the Young Writers Programme run by Simon Stevens, and I was like 17. And everyone else there was like way older. They were all like, they were like kind of 23, 24, like, and they all knew they wanted to be, they'd all been to university and they all knew they wanted to be playwrights. Um, and 17 was like the youngest you could be on that course. But I was the only one, like I think the next person up from me was like 21. Um and like like Lucy Preble was in my group and like DC Moore was in my group and wow. Joel Ward was in my group because they were like actual playwrights, you know, and they were writing these really <laughs> brilliant they were writing these really incredible pieces and like really, you know, like reckoning with the state of the nation through drama. <laughs> and all my play but all my plays were like, this is a play about a girl who's doing her A levels and she's falling out with her friends and her mum's being mean. <laughs> 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 like I would have to swap, you know, I'd have to like read Joel Horwood's Play and he'd read my play. And my day would just be like, Tilly was in maths. She hates maths. Like, just, <laughs> <laughs> so rubbish. Um, but like the other thing there is we got to read plays all the time, you know, and I think I, I realized that I was sort of thinking about, like, I would love, I'd never read plays before. Like, cause why would you like, if you like, why would you read them if you weren't a director, like, and you were a 17, how would that come about? Um, <laughs> and so I'd never really sat down and just read a script like that. And I loved like, reading it and thinking like oh what would this look like and who would be in it and like what like how would this bit go how would you do that bit and I suppose that like that's directing I now understand that's what that's <laughs> directing thoughts um but I didn't read really, I just didn't really know what director was so it didn't occur to me then I went to uni I went to Sussex if I'd known I wanted to be a director I might have gone somewhere else because Sussex doesn't have much <laughs> of it or no because I, lo- I loved I had a really really good time there but it doesn't have much of a it doesn't have much of a drama world, you know, like, compared, right, to like yeah, yeah. compared to like a Cambridge or a Bristol or like a Manchester or like those unis that have like real setups. Yeah. Um, but when I got there, I joined the Drama Society and I directed Bluebird by Simon Stevens um, because I've been taught by Simon Stevens. So I was like, <laughs> I was like, what? I'd read the fair, thought it was brilliant. I, I love that play. Um, I nearly talked about it here on this very podcast. Oh, ah, um,
0: interesting. Yeah, nearly,
1: nearly. And then I was like, nah, I'm too right now. Um, <laughs> but I, um but I random. But I think. The first couple of plays I directed at uni, and then even after uni, I stayed in Brighton for a, I stayed in Brighton for a year to just work in Lush and put plays on above pubs because it's much easier than, it's much cheaper and much easier than come back to London. Um, <laughs> and I, I think the first couple of plays I put on, I literally just put them on because I wanted to see them. You know, like it wasn't, it wasn't any more sophisticated a thought than that. It was I mean, just,
0: should it ever be more sophisticated a thought than yeah, that in a way? Not, you know,
1: no, I just was like, I would like to watch this, so if I direct it. I'll get to watch it. <laughs> and, it'll be, and, it'll be, and it'll be like my dream version of how it would go because I'll I'll have been able to decide how it goes. Nice. Um so I did all that. And then yeah, and I think it's yeah, I've always I've always been a very odd combination of like incredibly like gung-ho, I can do it, of course I can do it, and like, oh my god, I can't do anything, I'm completely useless, I'm a terrible person. Um and like that combo of being like very confident in some ways and very, very shy in other ways, um, is quite good for a director sometimes or it worked for me yeah it allows me to do both those things of being like being able to talk to a room of like 100 people very easily but not finding it that easy to talk to like one person in a bar kind of thing (laughs) 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 like that combo seemed to suit directing really well and I just I loved I just loved it I loved it so then I um graduated from uni and I went to Lambda after my gap year. I say I say gap year but like gap year makes it sound like I was being really sophisticated but I wasn't I just didn't I just wasn't in education for a year. Um, And then I went I went to Lambda and I did directing at Lambda for a year. Um with there's only four of you on that course when I was there. Um I think there's more now. I think it's more like eight now. Um but that's still hardly any people. Um, I was very lucky with my four it was me Anthony Lau Jimmy Grimes and Rebecca Frecknell and we all went for dinner just the other night which was lovely I mean what a gang
0: um, what a gang What a
1: gang, you know and like super like just like the most supportive brilliant clever talented lovely friendly funny people in the world so I had a great time at Lambda um, working with them and then when I left now I'm just giving you my CV, Joe. I don't know if this is interesting at all. I love oh, it. Literally. Yeah,
0: this is great.
1: Now I'm just like, blah, 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 blah. Um, I went, I didn't do any, I didn't work at all when I left Lambda Festival. And I was like, wow, what a, what a, have I made a terrible mistake. <laughs> um, and it was good. And also like, I think because I'd not gone to uni with like a really rich, like drama culture, it was really good to be able to kind of go somewhere else and um, like, kind of catch up. I felt like a little bit with my peers, who were like my Oxbridge peers and people like that. But also, um, you got to do theatre every day. But then when I left, um, nothing really came of it for quite a long time. <laughs> and I carried on working in. I was working in Lush, and I was working as an usher at the National. And I was doing those two things simultaneously. Um, and I was living at home, and I was showing it with my granny. Um, so it was all a bit weird. And then, um. <laughs> And then eventually I got a job through Lambda, actually. So it did pay off. I'm assisting on on a show at Soho directed by Lisa Sperling, who runs Theatre 503 now. Then I did a lot of assisting. I assisted Joe Hill Gibbons at The Young Vic on a production of The Changeling, which I think kind of changed my life a little bit in terms of how I think about how work is made or how it could be made. And interesting
0: got, what what what, yeah. what what were the what were the headlines what what were the things yeah. that really just kind of changed your mind on that
1: i think the headlines were like loads of prep like joe, joe does a lot of prep in a really i mean everyone does but he, he does a sort of really systematic i was on board as an assistant like six months before we went to rehearsals and there were two assistants on that show and the other assistant had been on it for six months before that so he'd been on like a year that's jeff james and we worked we were we were meeting up with joe like several times a week um this makes joe sound very exploitative. he'd always be like if you can i'll be working please join us but we both were joining the time um and we would work all day all day on it for months six months you know and we would do like these really quite regimented you you research that you research that i'll do this we'll all come back we'll share our findings we'll keep going we'll dig into this like You know, like we sort of did a degree in the Changeling before, you know, and in some ways it felt like, like it almost felt like rehearsals were like the last thing you do in the process. So do you know what I mean? Like the process was like, so, the prep was so intense and intensive that by the time we got into rehearsals, it was like, wow, I can't believe we still haven't made this thing. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) Uh, But but in a really good, in a really good way, because I think it taught me a lot about um, my, like, again, is probably more therapy stuff but I think I get very anxious in rehearsals and I found that the prep even if I don't use any of the prep I've done if I give myself a really rigorous prep process it just makes me feel like I can get in that room Mm. Um, it gives me this sort of like thing that I can hold on to and like this sort of like box of stuff that I can crack out if I need to I'm not going to just be like screaming and whenever I've had a bad time in rehearsals it's nearly always that for one reason or another I haven't done enough prep. I think. And it's not because, like, I always use the prep. I often don't use any of it. Often it. A lot of it just goes out the window as soon as you get in a room with actors because they they come up with really great stuff and it's way better. And, and also then you're just doing it, you know? Yeah. Um. But that was one thing I learned. And then also just a sort of sense of, like, playfulness and a kind of... I can't remember who said this to me. Someone described Joe and I found it so useful. And I hope that I will be like this one day. That he has a kind of why not, but why approach to everything in your show, so it's kind of like what? Yeah, let's just do that. Why not? And then after you've done it, be like, okay, but here's why. <laughs> <Like, laughs> why. Why? So you start with the why not, and then you work out the why. Um, which sounds like chaos, and probably sometimes is, but it just it just it did it did do something useful to my brain. I think in terms of just trying stuff out and just allowing yourself to do what you you have a thought, and maybe it's good. I don't know, let's try it. Why not? It mm. feels like a really good thing to hold on to. Um. And I think because I think I'm in some ways quite a kind of capital G good girl. And it's quite, it gave me, you know what I mean? It gave me kind of permissions. It kind of gave me permission to be like, yeah, but just do what you want. Just do what you want. It doesn't actually matter. And then when you've done it, if it works, work out why. And then make it work better. Like that feels, mm. um, and if it doesn't work, you'll find out pretty quick, you know. <laughs> like, um, and so that, that, feels, that feels quite good. So I did that, and then I was at the RSC. I was assisting at the RSC for a year, and then the big thing that happened to me—that like you know—it feels like it's not very good advice because I this is not advice. This is just I'm just very very lucky. I am um, I won I won the Genesis Award at the Young Vic, so then I got to direct a play at the Young Vic. Um,
0: it's not bad, is it? <laughs> it's not bad. It's not bad at
1: all. It's not. also it was kind of it was kind of crazy because I hadn't really. I'd done like lots of sort of 10 minute shorts. I'd done like rapid right response at 503 and I'd done an equivalence of that. As it is to say, I hadn't really directed that many shows apart from like since Lambda. Mm. And then I won that award and then it and it changed everything. It completely changed everything.
0: And was that, was, was that Dirty Butterfly you did yeah. as your yeah, show? Yeah. Um, um,
1: which was, yeah, which is Debbie Tucker Green. The
0: great <laughs> Debbie Tucker Green. And I think that leads us on beautifully to random um yeah. which is your play crush uh yeah. which is a, an exceptional choice um mm. uh, uh so again like all of Debbie's work it feels uh it presents itself as deceptively simple and is this sort of eternally mm. complex yeah um so i mean it it's got quite a simple story in some ways hasn't it, it it's a, mm. it's it's a sort of um uh, a young boy i suppose is is is, is loses life to knife crime I suppose is the sort of what you would call the plot or story, um, and told out, you know, and and that reverberates for his family, and I suppose particularly his sister. Um, Mm. But what's this a play about for you? Like, what's your connection to this play? Why 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 is this your play crush?
1: I think. Well, so full disclosure, I have directed this play, which is maybe part of why I love it because I've I've spent so much time rolling around in it, and it's it's in my body now.
0: Uh huh. Yeah.
1: But. That's by the by, I think, even if I hadn't directed it, I think I probably would have brought it to you anyway because I think for me, it's a... What is it about? You think I would have thought about this? Um,
0: well, it's all, actually, it's I, also an unfair question because it's about so much yeah, yeah. in so many ways, you know? Yeah,
1: it's about so much. I think it makes, whenever I read it or watch it, it sort of just strips the skin off me in a way that I can't really... I don't think I don't I don't think there are many other players in the world that do that to me
0: uh-huh, wow. when I yeah, in, when I
1: come into contact with them that I feel like like I read it I read it this morning so I could talk about it with you and I had to like just sit down and stare at the wall for a little bit afterwards and I know what <laughs> happened but I know I know what happened I've watched it so many times I directed it like do you know what I mean yeah um, and 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 yet there's something about the momentum and the combination and the alchemy of the thing that means it's impossible. To read and be indifferent to. Impossible to see and not feel something. Um, it's like magic, I think, what she does with it. Yeah. And I also think for me, I mean there are a few things I think um I'm Jamaican, my family are Jamaican. And West Indians, you don't get West Indians on stage that much. Like, um <laughs> But you, you don't, but you don't, you know, and like even in kind of um I mean you get as in you get West Indian actors on stage, sure. But you don't hear jamaican accents on stage very much Uh uh unless they're being played for a joke sometimes
0: yeah
1: um and i feel like even kind of within like kind of the sort of quote-unquote kind of black canon of work that we get on in this country it's nearly always like top of the list african-american plays great african-american plays and then you get kind of west african plays and then you get plays about like diaspora slash a kind of like West Africans living in the UK. Then you get kind of black British plays more generally. And in within that category, you kind of sometimes get like, you sometimes get West Indians. (laughs) And then you get like West Indian plays that like never get done. Like you kind of get like Matura plays and things like that. that They're amazing and they just never get put on. Um, But I say this to say that like, even within the kind of black canon, it's quite rare to hear jamaican voices on stage
0: right Right. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and treated seriously totally, from what you're saying like and in, treated seriously,
1: yeah, yeah exactly and, and really and really and given a kind of cultural specificity yeah. i think as well we sort of like associate that with maybe kind of like like african works it's often very kind of culturally specific, but there's a kind of um kind of colonialist sort of dismissal i think of like the specificity of west indian culture sometimes yeah yeah um i think but I would think that, wouldn't I? Because that's the culture I'm from. So I'm looking for I'm looking for this extra detail that maybe other people wouldn't look for. Um,
0: but even if it's uh, um, yeah. subconscious or anything, like it, for whatever reason, you're right. Those narratives and that cultural specificity
1: we don't yeah. see in our
0: culture for for whatever yeah. that reason is. You're yeah, right. We don't see it enough.
1: Yeah, and not that much. And like, I mean, there's a little bit more of. I mean, like Nine Night was such an extraordinary moment. I think partly mm. because of that. Yeah. Um, but I think there's something about reading this family who have porridge in the morning and have Saturday soup, and <laughs> I just, you know what I mean? They yeah. just feel so specific, and also I think not, there's no, there's nothing about it that cares whether or not you get these people you know, like <laughs> you know what I mean like there's not like it's it's written, and like the pats were in it's written phonetically, so you can't even try and anglicize it. She doesn't want you. To try and make this anything other than what it absolutely is,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I find that—I mean, I sort of love that about all of Debbie's work—is like it's it is what it it is what it is, mm-hmm. and and when I've when I've been lucky enough to talk to her about the work or to work on her work and and therefore work with her, she's really uncompromising in a way that on in another writer you might find difficult or annoying but she's always right. And she's, <laughs> she's always right. And it's always, and it's not even annoying for a second because you know, she's right. And also because it's all, it's all about going, that's great, but this is what it is. And you mm. can interpret it however you like, as long as it feels like this, do you know yeah. what I mean? And yeah, actually, yeah. I find that. And, and even if you weren't talking to Debbie, the the work kind of says that to you as well. Mm. The play says that to you too. Like, don't you dare try and mess with this. It is what it is. Do, <laughs> do this really well. And we're, you know what I mean? yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and but like you know, in a in a kind of in a in a way that I I I love it. Yeah, I love it. I love this play. I'm not talking about it. I've suddenly I've, I feel like I'm stumbling over my words suddenly because I'm trying to talk about this thing that I love too much.
0: <laughs> no, I love yeah. it because the response is really like guttural. You know, it's not a cerebral <laughs> response. You know what I mean? But that's like the I love the phrase flays the skin off you and you see it. I mean, it's a horrendous image, but like it's yeah. it's so beautiful <laughs> the way you interact with this play and that this play isn't. Um, it's not an intellectual construct for you. It's like no. guts and blood and flesh and and yeah. all of those things.
1: Yeah. It's completely that I think for me and, and I, it is just like like with like with Dirty Buffet. It's just really good.
0: <laughs> I, I totally agree. And again, I, I, what I can't get over is how like simple and complex it is. As I said at the beginning, like it, you know the story really. It's a, it's a day almost, isn't it? Ultimately, and yeah. this tragedy yeah. happens, and and then you know it, it, you, you could tell the story in. 10 seconds maybe 15 seconds um, mm-hmm. and yet the sustained nature of the plays is exactly as you say it's all about the culture and the human beings that that reverberates around yeah um, yeah and so were you the, were, uh, sorry were you going to say something sorry
1: no i was i was just going to say i think it's also the kind of like it's she has that thing she debbie i think has that thing of being able to like work find words for those feelings that we don't really have words for mm. like the way she talks about there's a there's a bit where um after after the brother has been killed there's newscasters everywhere there's a bit where they want the mum to go on the news mm. and she doesn't want to go on the news and she talks about like just the way that the, the way that the mum is standing and the way that her body is sort of twisting as she tries to find the language to say why she doesn't want to do it. Mm. And there's something just amazing about putting putting words on the thing where you just don't think there were words there. She does it all the time, and it just it, I don't know. I think that's the thing that's quite I think it's quite shocking as a play because it almost feels too it almost feels too private too intimate to see mm. that world. Um, and yet there you are, and you can't get out. And it's only an hour long. There's no interval. You just got to bash through it and, and live it. Yeah,
0: I love it. It's great. <laughs> I totally agree. I think that that's a really great point. That it, it, the intimacy she achieves is almost uncomfortable. Yeah. It's right on that yeah. edge. of you're like, God, I'm really so deep into these human beings, and mm. and the form of it that it's one performer performing all of those is so interesting yeah. as well. Yeah. Yeah. And were you, yeah. was Debbie involved when you were directing it? Like, were you communicating yeah. with Debbie at that point?
1: I was. Yeah. She sort of. She was kind of. Um. She was quite hands off, but in a kind of like. She, was same on Dirty Butterfly I suppose like because she directs her work now for yeah. the most part or the first productions of her work um so in some ways I think she she sort of knows exactly and she's really involved in the original production of this um I did it years and years and years and years, and years later Richard Chester so I think she gets really involved in the kind of inception of it the original making of it and then she was super involved in like who was going to be in it and um who who the creative team were
0: right.
1: um And she was on the show before me, so she had chosen me, which was just ridiculous. I mean, absolutely amazing. That's just like the coolest thing ever. Yeah. um, (laughs) Kind of nuts. Um, Yes, Debbie, I shall. I shall bless you with my Um, presence. Yes, I I will do that. Oh, my God. (laughs) um, Oh, my God. Um, Like, just like, can you imagine? Amazing. Um, But I think, yeah, it was like, she was super involved in the kind of putting together of the team. And in the kind of like original kind of publicising how it was going to be publicised,
0: um,
1: right. which is really important to her, which makes sense, I think. Yeah. Um, and Chichester is an unlikely place to pop random on, so it was just about getting that right in terms of what we were saying. People were go- what kind of evening people were thinking they were going to have, um, and then she was sort of, and then she was sort of around during kind of previews and tech. And I would I would have quite a lot of kind of phone chats with her, but she wasn't ever in rehearsals um
0: right I think sort of like
1: set, yeah i think she sort of sets the whole like you know she sort of works with you really closely to set the whole thing up yeah and if the people if the people on it if, if the right ingredients are involved she's quite she's really trusting right um and then she came to a dress rehearsal and a preview um and we chatted about it and she did a note session and then that was it so she was like super super involved like she she feels so laced through it, and i think it's maybe that's partly it she's so the work is so determined and so clear that you sort of feel like she's in the room even when she's not, you know? Yeah. Um, and you would never want to, I'd never ever want to do anything. I didn't think she'd want me to do. Like, yes. do you know what I mean? Like, no part of me would ever want to deviate from what I think she thinks it is. I think. Yeah. And
0: what is it like? Cause I mean, I would be terrified if Debbie Green had chosen me to do her play. My and we set all that up and then she disappeared and then she came watch a her house just being like oh god what uh, what the hell is about to happen and um yeah. i don't know. what was that experience like
1: i i, I was terrified i was terrified <laughs> i was terrified and we had like so Petra Letang, who played the sister and who is extraordinary and magic had worked with debbie before right? so we both knew debbie and that was quite good because it meant we we all, we sort of knew the kind of sensibility of the work really intimately because we both know the writer. Um, right. So there was, so that was helpful. Yeah. definitely. Um, but we were absolutely breaking it. We were absolutely just, <laughs> yeah. Like we were just like, what if she doesn't like it? Cause like I said about Debbie, like she's always right. So if she's like, this is wrong, she's probably right. You've yeah. like, probably, probably just done it really badly. Um, and so that felt like quite, it was really scary yeah yes is the is the short answer yes it was really scary um but she's she was so encouraging like she was like this works this doesn't work i like this she's really blunt with the stuff that doesn't work she's like what's this about doesn't make sense but <laughs> like, well, you know it, it comes from it's really loving you know it's yes like a, yeah 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 you know, it always felt really loving and really um, and in the interest of the show and in the interest of the characters to, do you know what I mean? Like it was sort of like, you've got to do right by them. You've got to do right by this family um, yeah. and tell their story really well. I don't know. i was sort of talking about it in a kind of spiritual way, which I didn't really mean to, but it did have this kind of like hollowed, ha- hallowed feeling to it, I think.
0: Yeah. I, th- I think her weird. work does that, right? It's like s- some sort of secular spiritual kind of experience, right? Like that's definitely yeah. where she sits on i think so
1: yeah she's like yeah she's one of she's one of our best you know she really is 100%. like she's got to be like one of the greatest living british playwrights hasn't she like she's just she's,
0: i mean uh, without doubt i would totally agree
1: yeah. yeah yeah and so it sort of just feels like so special to be able to and because the work is so like the plays are short you know they're these they're these yeah. gut punches Done. it's a really concentrated process because there's no there's no air in it at all there's no air for the audience there's no air for the actor there's no air in the story yeah um so you just sort of your head goes into a kind of debbie zone which is really great
0: yeah I and she, I, I i think yeah the debbie zone is so interesting because i also think what, what an interesting happens in your described debbie zone where material that sort of should be a bit cliche and a bit like we know yeah. and we've heard suddenly mm. is like so raw and fresh yeah. and you're like, Oh my god, yeah. no one's ever written about this ever before. This is suddenly <laughs> yeah. this is the first thing anyone's ever done about it.
1: It's yeah, really completely completely that. Yeah. It feels really like um and I think it's that it's that under the skin thing. It's like she shows you what she shows you the cliche thing. Yeah. And then she goes, But I'm just gonna peel back a layer so you know how this cliched person actually feels. Yeah, yeah. And now, yeah. Another, layer, and now another one, and now they can't be cliched anymore. Mm. And now you're just dealing with a person that you wrote off and now you can't write them off. You know, like, I think think that's what she's doing. I hope, well, maybe that's not, she might hear this and be like, that's not what I'm doing,
0: idiot. (laughs) Yeah, but that's the experience, right? Whether she's doing that or not, I don't know. But the experience of it feels like that. Exactly. And is mm. there any, have you got a favourite moment in it? Is there a line? Is there a moment? Is there an emotional turning point? Is there, is there something in the play that you like, when you're directing, are just like, this is like just the stuff of.
1: This is it. Yeah. Quite a few. Yeah, of course. I think. Yeah. <laughs> but there are some really like, before the tragedy strikes, there are some really lovely details about the, the kitchen and the kind yeah. of domestic world. Um there's a whole debacle with the porridge and the porridge burning. Oh
0: my god! And he's like, "You have to try. You'd have to try to burn them." Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, that. yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, and like this amazing thing where like some of it is, some of it's being spoken in the moment in the in the scene, quote unquote, and some of it is kind of monologue in the in the character's head. Yeah amazing bits of like the mum being like is that what you're wearing and the daughter's like <laughs> yeah 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 and the mum's like you sure and the daughter's like yeah and then the mum says she's not sure but like, yeah yeah funny.
0: yeah yeah. And she's like will you be um, cold enough you'll be too cold yeah, no yeah. it won't yes it it you really yeah, she sucks. will
1: yeah. and it's so kind of like quick and funny and like watching one actor do it is is kind of crazy because <laughs> um, they're playing a character a characters in a monologue and what a character is externally saying and another character's response to that and that character's in a monologue <laughs> in the space of about six lines um and then the fun thing as a director is to be like how will i make this even remotely clear um <laughs> it's really fun so, like that stuff is really fun like the sort of like the, the the extent to which the sister hates her job yeah it's how these people come to work and don't want to work if you don't want to work don't come like yeah do you know what
0: yeah, I mean? yeah yeah
1: yeah yeah, yeah. Kind of, like, the rhythm of it is just so great it's got that it does i think you know working on it, it 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 does the same thing to your head that like i haven't done very much shakespeare at all but like that kind of meter yes thing yeah yeah with, yeah like, downbeats and 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 just rhythm
0: yeah the, the meanings in the rhythm as much as the word itself is is a, yeah, such yeah, a right. special trope of hers
1: yeah and there's so little in the way of punctuation it's just like you're sort of like
0: yeah
1: you've got to obey it and if you <laughs> if you add commas in where there's no commas you sort, of, you sort of fuck it. Like, yeah. it doesn't work anymore. And
0: Debbie's coming um, for you. She'll come for you.
1: Yeah, yeah. and exactly. quite, and rightly so, because it's, yeah. it's always better when you, when because you, these things run together and then they stop and then they start and then there's a gap and it like, all that stuff means something if you want it to. Yeah. So you've yeah, got to take as yeah. much on as you can, I think. Or I do, I think. Yeah. 100%. I don't always feel like that about work. Like, I don't always feel that um, obedient, I think. Well, it's but different writers,
0: it. right? Like, some writers it's in the meaning and you can yeah. extract that in whatever way. And some writers put it into the form, you know, in the rhythm. So it just, I think it depends, isn't it? Yeah. Which one you're working with.
1: Yeah, I think so. But yeah, no, I think, yeah, all the stuff before the tragedy is so delightful and true and real. And I think it does something to an audience where it depends on where you do it. Cause when it was first on, it was on at the Royal court and it did a kind of, and it did a tour. Mm-hmm. Around schools, around kind of it was an elephant and castle when the Royal Court had that pop up space there. Yeah,
0: th- Royal Court local, I think it was called. That's it? It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, that's the one. And so in that environment, it was done to a lot, a lot of people who saw it were black, and a lot of people who saw it were teenagers. Um, and then when we and that's a really particular relationship with that family and with that dynamic and with that tragedy. And then when I did it, we were doing it in Chichester, which is like no one's black and definitely no one's a teenager. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's a really different thing. And so presenting that family in front of that audience,
0: mm.
1: I mean, they're lovely, the Chichester, which, you know what I mean? but It's th- I just think was different, that's all.
0: It's
1: it. yeah. it really different and there was a part of me that felt like I had to kind of, I, need, I felt more protective of them, mm. of the characters in that environment mm-hmm. because it was so intimate and so exposing. Um, and these weren't going to be people who knew them. Yeah. So it, it just became a really different relationship. It became a really different relationship. I, I think, at, but I also think it, it was really amazing to put that show on there. Cause it got, it was really lovely to, to allow people to sit with people that they don't know yeah. and may or may not have preconceived notions of, yeah. and to get to a point where they love them before anything, before the knife crime incident. Right. Yeah. Like, by the time, by the time the brother gets killed, you love him. Yes. And yeah, you, yeah, yeah. and I think that that was really interesting to do with a group of people who don't know that boy. Yes. That did something different to the room. And I don't, I think this is partly because Petra is an amazing actress and all the rest of it. But I spoke to someone in the bar who was like, oh, you hear about these stories and you you go past them in the paper. You go, oh, that's sad. And you flick over the page. Wow. Yeah. And I'll never, I'll never be able to just flick over the page again. Wow. And I think, I hope that's what I hope that's what kind of all theatres doing at, at its best, isn't it? It's going. You'll you'll never be able to be like, oh, that's what they're doing in London, is it ever again? Because now you know them.
0: I hope. Hundred percent. I couldn't agree more.
1: I'm on a tangent. Now I don't think that was the answer to your question. Now. It
0: was a way better answer to a better question <laughs> I didn't ask. So that was even better. Yeah.
1: Um, I'm so sorry. I will ask the question you asked if you remind me what it was. No,
0: like, you don't, don't know. know. That's way more interesting. I think <laughs> that's totally right. And the fact that you know it. it that I, I mean as a director I feel like you couldn't ask for an audience member to say a better thing to you could you sort of after the yeah, show you yeah, like, yeah. yes, like, thank you yeah. I've, I've achieved yeah
1: <laughs> yeah it was great but also like you know and not in a kind of like oh I'm just such an amazing director like, it wasn't like, <laughs>
0: but it was also like I, I smashed it, it but
1: yeah <laughs> I'm no, joking no, it wasn't even that, I'm just joking it's, no it's fine it probably should have been that I um but I think it was more just like it was re- it was a real relief to hear it in the context in which we were putting it on, yeah. Which was like not with people who already knew that boy, yeah. Um, yeah that we're yeah. going to be on his side from day dot, and not with people who. I mean, the previews were interesting because you know, like we we battled back and forth a little bit on like it's it's a really hard accent if you don't know it. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, really yeah, hard, yeah,
0: yeah, 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 yeah. And
1: like and things like that, and like to what extent were we going to bend on that, and to what extent were we not going to bend on that, and yeah. It matter if they didn't get all of it, and do you know what I mean? Like that—that yeah. that kind of conversation became interesting. So for someone to say, not only did I get it, but now I think about the world a little differently. Yeah. it's just like the magic of Debbie Tucker Green <laughs> yeah <laughs> like... I
0: know I mean that's incredible that's incredible I mean also just think about your story I love somebody who starts with Starlight Express and ends on random uh, by... and
1: hopefully, hopefully ends with Starlight Express I that's see full
0: circle I mean. We're you're coming back around yeah 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 yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 like 90 years old reviving Starlight Express
0: oh my god please <laughs> I mean that's the show I want to see yeah but done like I mean... a Debbie Tucker Green place. So it's like really stripped <laughs> back it's really intense
1: <laughs> but I think there is something weird about like the way Things have worked out for me so far is that I'm either doing plays where the characters are called like one, two, and three, or like man, or I'm doing like tits and teeth musicals and pantos. <laughs> there's very little, <laughs> there's like, those are like my two modes. Yeah, I very rarely do anything in between. <laughs> like, like, there's one actress on stage, she plays brother, sister, mother, and dad, and she's gonna move through a liminal space and no particular time frame. <laughs> or I'm like. Cinderella. <laughs> 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 Which I'm, I'm, I, I like that. I, hope that. I hope that sticks, but we'll see. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean,
0: I am looking forward to the day when they merge. That is going to be quite the show. But yes, I like That's,
1: the, that's, the, that's the goal.
0: That's going to be the moment, isn't it? <laughs> um, well, look, Tineke, Thank you so much for your time. <laughs> I mean, it's so generous of you to talk all that through, so with so <laughs> in depth I'm and just ramble
1: so much. I've, I've, I'm a rambler. And you
0: didn't challenged. ramble at all. It's so interesting <laughs> to hear. You, you know your pathway through this, your take on the shows and life and everything. It's 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 just really brilliant. Thanks so much for coming on. And, and just like best of luck for the shows, but also for your bay this year. I think you're just gonna have the best yeah, time.
1: Thank you.
0: And thank I can't you wait so to much. come see your show. And hopefully, we'll speak soon. Yeah. Bye. yeah. Thanks so much for tuning in everyone If you enjoyed this episode of Play Crush we would really appreciate it if you could rate, review and subscribe as it helps other people find the podcast The Old Vic would like to thank Principal Partner, Royal Bank of Canada and the T.S. Eliot Estate for their support Sherman Theatre would like to thank the Arts Council Wales and everybody who has supported us through this difficult time